Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Anya from F45 in Chicago. What's up, Anya? How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Of course. Glad to have you here. All right. So let's just jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Honestly, um, we're owned. uh, I'm in ownership with my best friend. Um, So uh, it was honestly her idea. Um, She was an F45 member um, for a few years prior Um, you know, she invited me to class, you know, I took a few classes and she's like, I think I want to own one of these. So, um, we went to a meeting, you know, I kind of did my due diligence, uh, looked at the business model. And, um, of course, obviously of experiencing the classes and stuff like that, like, and I kind of like what, um, I was seeing and, you know, at the time they were F45 was one of the, um, fastest growing, uh, fitness franchises there were. So, Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of all made sense. You know, um, I come from the tech background. So, uh, for me, it was a change of, you know, a nice change of, uh, of pace and, you know, it's a little something different. Um, both of us are former athletes. So, um, I, on the collegiate level, uh, she was, you know, went professional and things like that. So, um, we weren't, you know, totally like turned off, you know, by the, you know, athletic side of it, it was kind of, part of who we are so right um, that part of it was easy um and then their business model um was very appealing um it made a lot of sense and then you know for them to be doing so well in the space um it kind of was a no-brainer at the time yeah absolutely that's awesome so very cool to get involved in business with your best friend and something that you were both passionate about throughout your lives so Mm -hmm. Speaking of their business model, how are things structured within the business? Is it just group classes? Do you do any one-on-ones, semi-privates? How does that work? No, um, actually it is just 100% group classes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is uh, fitness, uh, high intensity interval training um, on a group scale. We kind of like to say, you know, it's a, uh, you get a personal training experience, but in a group environment. Um, right. So each one of our classes is led by two nationally certified personal trainers. Um, so you get that there. We also heavily use technology. Uh, so we kind of fuse functional training with, you know, circuit training and high intensity interval training um, to give you an amazing workout uh, within 45 minutes. Um, awesome. So uh, definitely, you know, with the way things are today, you know, people don't have a lot of time to spend in the gym, you know, burn a lot of calories. Um in 45 minutes, you know, it's a nice, quick, effective, you know, workout. Um, It's an amazing experience, honestly. Um, That's kind of like our biggest feedback from all of our members is, you know, I don't have to spend a lot of time. It's already pre-programmed. You know, we keep all of our members on our toes, um, on their toes, I'm sorry. Um, And, you know, they never know what they're going to get. They don't get stagnant or bored because it's, you never do the same workout twice with F45. Mm -hmm. We have an amazing athletics team. Um, who programs, you know, all of the workouts. Uh, so, um, our trainers in studio, they don't have to worry about programming. It's, um, the same type of workout across all franchises, you know, for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
yeah, you'll never do the same workout twice. And it's, it's amazing. Keeps our members on their toes. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's nice for members to just come in. All they have to do is get themselves there. Yep, and once they're absolutely. there, good to go. They don't have to think about what they're doing or how they're doing it or how long they're doing it. Everything's taken care of for them. So it's super simple, exactly. which exactly. is great. And then it also keeps it interesting, mixing it up, never having the same workout twice. Cause a lot of times people do just go to the gym and kind of repeat the same things over and over. Cause that's what they know. So mm -hmm. it's good to mix it up for the members as well. All right. So now as far as membership goes, how many members are we currently serving within the facility? Uh, give or take, you know, about 150 uh, right now. Um, obviously, we're trying to still grow that more. Uh, we mm -hmm. would love to see um, ourselves, you know, up above the 200 mark. Um, obviously, with COVID and, uh, you know, city mandates and uh, things like that. So it's a little difficult right now. But um, for us to only be open a year, we're doing very well. Um, it's being well received in the area that we're in. Um, yeah, we just have to, you know, continue uh, full steam ahead, you know, with what, you know, work within, you know, what we have to work within at the moment. So. Right. Absolutely. So now as far as getting new clients, acquiring new clients, getting people in the door, how are you going about doing that currently? Are you doing any type of paid advertising? Are we more word of mouth referral based? How does that look? Um, we do some um, paid advertising, you know, just through via social media. Uh, we like to do that more so around um, certain benchmarks within the franchise. So within the franchise, we do run uh, eight week and 45 day challenges. Mm -hmm. So we'll really ramp up, you know, maybe some paid advertisements around there and obviously around the high peak times, you know, New Year's, everybody has a New Year resolution when it comes to fitness, um, you know, and or, you know, maybe like, at the end of winter when people are, you know, really trying to focus on getting, you know, summer bodies, getting that going back in the gym for that. Um, so we'll do some stuff around there. Um, but for the most part, we're really just as a franchise as a whole, we're really community driven. Um, so we get a lot of referrals just through word of mouth through our current members. Um, mm -hmm. So in, you know, located, being located where we are, we, we're in a high residential area of uh, population density. So, um, you know, people, you know, run by the gym and or, you know, uh, you know, just see us, you know, based off of our location and they just want to pop in and just inquire more. So. Um, so, yeah, so we don't do a ton of paid advertising. A lot of it is organic. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the, what, what we do do is on social media um, and then the rest is the brand just kind of takes care of itself, honestly. So. Right. Yeah, that certainly helps to be branded. Mm -hmm. um, and a, a recognizable brand for yeah. sure. Now. As far as goals go, so you did say you're looking to grow more. So is there like a certain membership number that you have in mind or a certain revenue goal that you have in mind that you're really chasing? Uh, what does that look like? Um, we would we have a goal of at least 250, 275 um, mm -hmm. members. Uh, so uh, we have a little ways to go, you know, but we're confident, obviously, uh, that we're going to get there with the city of Chicago, there is a mass mandate. So that is a little, uh, deterrent, um, you know, for some people joining in, um, you know, having to work out in a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, so we expect numbers, you know, as things kind of settle down and, you know, we kind of figure things out as a whole numbers kind of get under control with, you know, variants and all that good stuff. Um, or not good stuff, bad stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we probably will see an uptick, 
and um, you know, membership and conversions and things like that. So um, okay. yeah, about 250, 275 is our goal um, within that range. Awesome. And now at the current rate, how many, how many new members or new faces are coming in your door on average right now, monthly, would you say? Um, monthly, we get around about 45 trialers in. Mm -hmm. um, and that depends on kind of our um, promo at the time. So we'll either do like a seven day trial um, and or, you know, bring a friend, um, refer a friend, you know, things like that. So right. um, it kind of varies if we're doing like, you know, bring a friend, like for instance, right now we're doing um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, any of our members can bring a friend for free um, to the end of the year, you know, so we're going to see an uptick in new faces mm -hmm. um, in the studio with that. Uh, but constantly uh, there is around about 12, 12 to 15 trialers per, uh, per week we get in the door. So. Okay. And typically how many of those are converting to some type of paid membership? Um, well, this last quarter is a little different. A lot of people are hesitant to convert to membership because of travel and things like that um, with the holidays. And so it's kind of, you know, oh, I'll just buy a 10 pack here, um, you know, or I'll wait till after the holidays or, you know, I'll wait to that new year resolution day. You know, obviously we try to still convince them. Um, but we're probably at a little, or we're probably at close to 40 to 50% conversion. Okay. All right. And as far as the sales process goes, so like, is there a certain kind of journey that you take somebody through that comes in on a trial? Like, do they have a, a trial class that has like a little bit of extra attention? Are you sitting down with them prior to and after the class? How does that look? Kind of walk me through that process. Sure. So um, it's no, you know, special classes or anything like that. Um, but we do have a, you know, very particular process that just comes down to uh, communication, honestly. Um, so a trialer comes in, we get their information in. Um, they're either greeted, you know, with a phone call and or uh, some type of text message communication um, based on if they've already booked themselves. Some trialers come in and they automatically follow the prompts and just book right into classes. Some people purchase it and never book. And then you just kind of have to follow up with them with that. Um, so um, either way, they're getting touched either via phone call or text message or email, mm -hmm. um, get them booked into their first class. Um, our trainers are made aware um, that, you know, this is a new trialer. Um, we have a process to um, greet them, take them through a tour, give them an overview of what to expect um, and to dig for their goals. So. Um, that's number one. Um, it's always best to know the trialer's goals um, and know their why for coming and know their why for even wanting to try um, F45, the brand. So that way we can directly tie our value to what they're trying to, to achieve, um, yes. which makes obviously the conversion process a little more easier because it's a no brainer for them at that point. You know, you're highlighting right. everything that they want to do um, and tying it to, you know, what the services and the value that your studio offers. Um, which, you know, in their perspective, makes it a no brainer, um, kind of as a value add, we do have an in body machine, which mm -hmm. just kind of gives you a total, um, body composition. So we do offer complimentary scans so we can see exactly where they're at and kind of give them a roadmap to, uh, where they can go to meet their goals. So they don't feel like they're just joining and they don't have a direction or a way to get there. Um, so we kind of try to, you know, really map out the first, you know, 60 days. Um, of their membership 
um, and then hold them accountable. So, you know, right. our trainers, you know, chat within each other, they leave notes um, just so that, you know, if the member does a, attend a class that, you know, a trainer has never coached them in, you know, they kind of know exactly where they're at and what their goals are and kind of remind them, you know, throughout the workout, hey, like you want to put on 10 pounds of muscle, you got to pick up that extra weight, you know, things like that. So um, it's all, it comes down to communication. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, super important point you made there, really identifying why, why that person came in the door, because everybody walks in the door for a reason. And I think that's something that's super important to remember from the trainer side of things or the coaching side of things is that everybody has a reason why, whether it be something super simple, um, you know, they just want to get back into a fitness routine or on the other side of that, they want to lose 60 pounds, you know, like there's always a reason why somebody walks in the door and it's kind of your job to identify that and then solve their problem with the training. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes that kind of gets lost, you know, everybody, everybody's walking in the door for a reason. And sometimes when you don't identify that reason, it's almost like you're doing them a disservice because they're not reaching that goal that they've set out to reach. So yes, absolutely. Identifying that and then staying in communication with trainers as well, building that helps to build that community because everybody feels like you truly genuinely care about yeah. them and why they're there. Exactly. So. And I always kind of like, for our trainers, you know, it's just like, okay, if, you know, you're all nationally certified personal trainers, if you were to go out and get um, a personal training client, um, what process would you take them through? You wouldn't automatically start training them without knowing their goals or knowing why they're there right. or why they seek you out to begin with. So we try to just translate that over um, to a group environment and, you know, like remind, constantly remind our trainers, you know, the process in which we need you to handle you know, our members, which is, you know, giving them that one-on-one -on -one experience, mm -hmm. even though it's in a group environment, right? So, right. Um, and really caring on an individual level and, um, you know, maybe their schedule changes and they, you get, they pass along to another coach that, you know, works evenings instead of mornings um, and just everybody just kind of being on the same page and knowing what's going on with that particular member. So, right. um, so that's very important. Um, Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Now, my next question was actually regarding retention which really plays into that whole process so as far as client retention goes how does that look for you do you have a high churn rate or is it super low or somewhere in between what does that look like for you um because of our location uh we do have a lot of people moving in and out constantly so like we're not in the suburban area where you know everybody you know mm -hmm. you know has bought a house and they're there for 30 years or however long they're going to be there you know what I mean? right like, so um, we're kind of in, you know, a more city environment. So, you know, people are constantly moving in and out. Um, so our retention, um, it does fluctuate, you know, but, mm -hmm. um, it is pretty solid for us to help be open for a year. It, it is really solid, um, in order to, you know, keep that retention up, you know, we, again, the brand is built around community. So, you know, a lot of people have a hard time, you know, uh, leaving because of that community aspect. So we really try to do a lot of, uh, studio events, whether it be happy hours, whether it be in the summer kickball in Grant Park or whatever it may be, um, just to try to get that, you know, community base and, and people really like become friends outside of, you know, just working out. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a number of stories like that in our studio. So uh, that helps, you know, a ton, um, as well as, you know, doing things like, you know, the challenges that are kind of global um, across the F45 brand, whether it be the 45 day challenge or the eight week challenge. 
um, that also helps build, you know, a sense of community in our studio when you're going through these challenges. So, right. um, so yeah, so that's kind of how we just help with retention is, you know, creating that, you know, social life outside of the gym as well and yes. bringing us together. So. Awesome. Okay. So now as far as goals go over the next six months to a year or so, I mean, you're the business is still kind of fresh for you. And now we're kind of at a turning point where things are starting anyway to open back up a little bit and starting to feel a little bit more normal at this point. So what specifically are you focused on over the next six months to a year or so within the business? Sure. So um, obviously we want to hit that member number. So that's our number one goal. Um, I think, you know, as things, like you said, start to open back up and people start to, you know, accept this new normal, um, it'll be a lot easier. Um, I will say, you know, yes, we've built a community um, and we've worked for it, but it was a little odd to start because we opened inside of a pandemic, right? So yeah. um, people weren't, you know, too keen on, you know, everything, everything would stay six feet apart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so they didn't come into class looking to make friends with people outside, you know? So it, yeah. it kind of like, um, because of the times we were in kind of like created that just natural separation, you know, people come in, get their workout in and they head right back out the door. It wasn't mm -hmm. let's chit chat and, you know, do all that, like just because of, you know, COVID. Um, so it's just, you know, getting people, you know, reacquainted and really continuing to drive the community aspect and getting people together, you know, inside and outside of the studio. So over the next, you know, six months or a year is, you know, driving membership up, you know, he, hitting our numbers, um, as well as uh, con continuing to build, you know, that community. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, it's certainly an interesting time to be in business. But, you know, hopefully, I think with the new year coming as well, I mean, that tends to be a busier time for the industry as a whole, normally. So I'm kind of hoping that it's even more so this year with things starting to feel a little bit more normal anyway. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, so now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could snap your fingers and just improve one thing within your business right now today, what would that be and why? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times they're like, oh, there's so many things, I don't know. Yeah, um, like, I mean, obviously major. for us, like, you know, it would be improve membership. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, all of our projections are off right you know like it's you, you can't project too much of anything because everything is different so you know obviously in the gym industry you have certain waves where you know you're going to peak and you're going to have this uptick in membership and then certain times you're going to you know obviously a fall, see a fall off because of travel because of the holidays or what is it like whatever it is like all that is thrown off right now right. so there is no um good projection you know what I mean like you're kind of still like we're kind of still like in this guessing game like what's going to happen or what can we expect and so I guess that would probably be the biggest thing is like to be able to have just a more concrete handle on it um you know without the worries of a pandemic you know so snap yeah. our fingers everything goes back to normal and um you know we have you know sales is a lot easier <laughs> you know um you know, just like kind of like the flow, the ebbs and flow of the industry is kind of back to normal and you kind of know what to expect. Um, yeah. So. 
I right. guess that would be my, my top thing is to, for those two things. So. For sure. I mean, that's, that's one of the hardest parts of being a business owner just in general, you know, never mind at a time like this. It's almost like you have to predict the future and then put mm -hmm. systems in place just in case X, Y, or Z happens, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, now that's just like, you just throw your hands up. Like, I don't, how am I supposed to even know what yeah. to do? Because nobody has even any idea what's coming, you know, on a day to day. It's been so unpredictable. So yeah, certainly, certainly a challenge there, but I guess, you know, just kind of going through the motions, taking it day by day is all yeah. you can really do right now. Uh, and just kind of hope for the best essentially. Yeah, absolutely. One day at a time. So. Yes. For sure. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, you can find us on Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, it's F45 training and then our location, we are the South Loop location. Um, so if you just search F45 training in South Loop, you will be able to find us. Um, and, you know, we're on there. We're pretty active. We're posting, you know, uh, classes and things like that so you know you can kind of get a feel of the vibe of our studio um so yeah awesome facebook and instagram perfect all righty so anya from f45 in chicago thank you so much for joining us today it's been great having you on the show all right thank you for having me it's been a pleasure all right. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you, so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Studio Cybrid in Encinitas, California, Janine Lindgren. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here with us. I am psyched. This is a completely different business model, studio concept than I'm used to. So let's jump into it. Tell us what Studio Cybrid is all about. So we're, we specialize, so the word cybrid is a combination of cycle and hybrid classes. So we focus on, we're a spin studio, but we offer half and half classes. So in an hour long setting, you get 30 minutes of spin, which is where you get your cardio, like the feel good endorphins, get your heart rate up, have fun, darkened room, lights, all of like the spin stuff that you picture. Um, and then for the second half of class, we have a second room that's designed for strength training, bar, TRX, and yoga in one room. So we either have a cycle bar class, which is obviously half spin, half bar, cycle shred, which is half spin, half strength. And the instructors have a lot of leeway. I have an amazing team. And sometimes they do TRX. Sometimes they'll focus more on kettlebells, but the cycle shred is going to be a half spin, half strength. And then cycle zen is half spin, half yoga. So we're getting uh, stabilizer muscles, global muscles, 
and keeping everything limber. So basically all of, you know, we, we try to, uh, we try to give you a full training set with those specific modalities and combine them with spin. That's, that's super awesome. And for me, who maybe like a lot of America feels like diagnosed or not there, there may be a little ADD that goes on even with workouts. It's like, (laughs) all right, an hour of this, like, or I can go to any other unnamed franchises where maybe they only do 30 minutes or only do 45, but then you're not getting a whole hour of workout and we're busy and we try to get it in. So this idea, this concept, I've only seen it once or twice and I've never really gotten to pick an owner's brain. Um, what is this born out of? Was it, you know, people saying that spin classes are too long or saying that they want to mix or was it just, let's try this and see if people like it, how it's embraced. Like how, how did the actual concept for like, I know that you have to figure out which classes go together well, but like the, let's try to mix it, give people an hour, but not stick them on the same thing for an hour. Like what was that born out of? So my, my first certification actually back in 2007, before the studio model had really exploded, there was a studio in LA called Yaz Yoga and Spinning. And it was my first certification. I worked at the desk and they allowed me to get certified for free. And it was a half spin, half yoga class. She had one a day. And then the rest were all spin, all yoga. And so that was the first time I had seen two classes and yoga and spin paired really well together. Right. And I learned that at that time, because you use, you know, you take advantage of the fact that the heart rate's up after spin and you come back, you come into the yoga room and work on managing stress, right. Getting calm in a stressful situation. Physiologically, your blood pressure is up and you have the opportunity to practice. And I look at everything that we do in the studio as a way to get more skilled and adept at your life outside the room, right? For me, it's not about like burning calories or what you look like. It's about how you feel. And so pairing spin and yoga way back then was the first way that I saw that done. Cut to I'm applying for a job here at the studio before I owned it. I taught here. And um, it was actually the previous owner. He, I, I met, did a little spin audition and it was, it was his idea. And he said, so we're thinking half spin, half bar. And as I shared with you off air, to be honest, my first thought was, I was like, I don't know that that's enough bar or enough spin. Like, I don't know, but to the guy, cause I wanted the gig, I was like, sure, great. I can do that. I can start this Saturday. We called it ride to the bar. I've changed the name since then, but the first class sold out and I have had a sold out Saturday, 8am class for seven years at that spot. And it just really took off. And so we started adding different modalities to the second part of spin so strength and then yoga right and 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 that really those three things really encompass a lot of what you need right you're getting the heavy metal you're getting the strength training uh you're getting the bar stuff like pilates and that core stability and then of course yoga to stretch so that idea kind of carried i was the lead instructor at that studio for like four years had the opportunity to buy it. And then I rebranded it. We took three days off over Labor Day weekend. And my husband is in construction. God bless him. He did all of the work. We changed the name, changed the logo. The name Cybrid had been in me for years. And in fact, I would Google it sometimes to see if somebody else had come up with it and nobody ever used it. And now now we've trademarked the name. But Cybrid was always in my head. 
and we rebranded it. And then I just focused it on just those three formats. Um, they kind of had a bunch of different formats. They would start strength sometimes end in the spin room. They were always playing with things and I wanted to really streamline the program. So we do offer full spin. We do offer full bar. We do awful offer full strength, but it's just those couple of modalities. So that's kind of how it morphed over time into the program that it is now. Yeah, that's, um, there's, there's a lot that went into that. And for me, like makes my head spin a little bit, but it also makes me think, you know, why haven't more people tried it? And I don't think everybody could execute it. I think you have to have, it's more than just let's do half and half, yes. probably way more than we could do in an episode or 10 as to, um, how that works. But yeah, it, it really just begs the question, like, why haven't, haven't more people tried this or had success enough with it that it, it hasn't become more of a, uh, a catchy thing, but I guess for you, right. In your area, you have a lot of competition, you have a lot of other gyms. Um, so it's, it's really something that sets you apart too, from, right. you know, the dime a dozen fitness clubs. So, well, think- it kind of presents a unique challenge with staffing and that may be why, because at some point, like really successful, you know, uh, studios that have franchised and, and scaled also offer a teacher training because it's important to offer quality across the board. And I've been really lucky in that at my, in my area, there are a lot of talented instructors at Southern California. A lot of people are in fitness. All of my girls can teach all of those things I just said, that's rare. And mm-hmm. without COVID kind of slowing things down by now, I probably would have done separate teacher trainings but again that's a lot right like are you training people to teach yoga at the same time that you're teaching them bar and tiara so so that might be why to be honest just like and i knew going into it that that would present a unique challenge and i've been lucky so far i've got this team of four really talented girls that have been with me from the beginning they can teach all of those things um but that might be why some people would hesitate just as you know as a challenge i ran into you know yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's definitely a, a unique skill set. And you really hit the nail on, on the head there with, you know, basically everyone in Southern California is involved in fitness in yes. some way or another. But but again, that just means that there's more competition right. for other places. You know, you're not just competing for clients, you're competing for trainers. So um, there's going to be unique things that you bring to the table there. And I think uh, we can come back around to that, but I don't think we can do it justice without spending a little bit of time on your background and how you came to be an employee there. And then the owner, uh, not the traditional path, um, that we, that we hear people taking, uh, to gym ownership or, or really to a lot of business ownership. Right. So, so to the extent that you want to share that, let, if you don't mind with our audience, tell us a little bit about where you were before you started working there and, and how it all came to be. Sure, of course, as I, you know, kind of as I shared with you off air. So I was in fitness 2007, eight is when I first started getting certified. I lived in LA. I was like doing a part-time acting thing and getting into fitness because it was flexible. And at some point, and, and I'm an addict in recovery, I'm a drug addict in recovery. And what morphed from kind of like a little bit of a nightlife at that time snowballed. And I ended up in San Diego as a homeless IV drug user. I was a homeless, you know, meth and heroin user for five years. 
Um, I was in and out of jail. My last arrest was for strong arm robbery. I was looking at prison time and a strike in the state of California. That was in 2013. So I was bouncing in and out of jail, county funded facilities and being homeless, right? And, but I would kind of get my act together from time to time and get a teaching job because I had this great resume. I had taught at the Beverly Hills Country Club. I had taught at that studio in LA. Like I had fitness to fall back on and anytime I would get it together for a little bit, I would get a teaching gig. I could always get teaching gigs and, but I would lose them, right? I would relapse after like 90 days. And this process went on for five years. And um, I, uh, for the last time in January of 2015, I, I, I had a friend that was out in Palm Desert. He's Marine. He was back from a tour in Afghanistan, brought me out to his house. And I kicked, they call it kick when you detox. Um, I detoxed from meth and heroin for the last time. And January 15th, 2015 is my, what we call sobriety date. And the one thing I had done, I was in a sober living when I had relapsed and I had gone on Craigslist and, you know, was trying to find a teaching job, even though I was using and had emailed a place in Encinitas that was looking for a bar and spin instructor. And the girl had gotten back to me. I, of course, did not make the audition because I was still actively using. But when I got back two weeks later, I was back in a sober living um, I had not a dime to my name. I couldn't get a checking account because I bounced, you know, I'd written bad checks in the past. I had like literally like 40 cents. I had some change in a Victoria's Secret bag that I was using as a purse, old banged up spin shoes um, from years before. And I thought, I wonder if that girl would see me again. So I reached back out to the previous owners and arranged for an audition. And that's the audition where the guy said, okay, we're thinking half spin, half bar. So of course at 19 days clean, I was like, no problem. I can do whatever you want. I just wanted the gig, you know? And um, it was on the bus line. It was a three hour bus ride to get here um, and, or an hour and a half each way for, mm -hmm. to teach one class at a time. And I would kind of like walk, it's, a, it's an affluent area. So I would walk behind all the stores so that none of the clients would see me taking the bus because I was embarrassed. And what started as one class that was really popular and started selling out morphed to 16 classes on the schedule, a combination of those classes we were talking about. And I got really involved in the operations of the studio. I was almost a partner with them. And, you know, at seven months, a client here actually gave me a car. I hadn't had a car in five years. I hadn't had a driver's license. A client here gifted me a car. Um, so then I was driving. Eventually I got my own place and met a guy in recovery. My husband and I'm talking about, we got married and at about four years, like I said, the owners had been in it for about six. They were kind of burned out and offered me the opportunity to take over the studio. And I took over the studio, you know? And, and so that's been the process from, yeah, homeless heroin addict to small business owner, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Not the way that story ends nearly often enough. Um, and I think we could probably, both of us, uh, between shared experiences could probably do a, we could probably do a whole podcast about, you know, treatment and recovery and the way that things like that happen in this country. But um, glad you're here, right? Glad you. glad you made it through. Congratulations on, on, you know, your, what are we, I'm bad at math, six, seven years. Seven years. Right? I just, just, seven just years. seven years. So, Happy, happy anniversary there. Um, so now you're, you've taken this thing over. You're very familiar with the operations. 
Um, you go through the same, you know, do I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Do I want to take over this business that, that a lot of us have gone through, but eventually you sign on the dotted line and this thing's yours. So what changed for you there once it became your baby, your problem, your name on everything? Um, and also on the other side of that, you know, what was it like to have the freedom, more creative control? Like how much did it feel like a, it was the same old thing versus a, a switch was flipped and now like, what else can I do with it? Um, in terms of creative control, the previous owners really allowed me to program my classes however I wanted. So, so I've, I've, I've been able to teach the way that I want for a really long time, which is unusual in the spin world. Usually you've got an owner giving you a set to teach from. Um, I mean, everything changed, you know, you know, you owned a place. It, it went from, I'm watching them thinking they could do so many things better, mm -hmm. uh, to me taking over and realizing how arrogant that was and how hard it really is to manage things. Um, I will say it was a million billion times harder than I thought it was going to be. It is a million billion times harder than I thought it was going to be. And I didn't have any designs that it would be easy, but I didn't think it would be this hard. Um, so taking it over, and I don't mean this in a sad way. It's going to sound kind of sad, but I don't mean it in a sad, I, like I'll admit I've, lo I've lost some of the joy of it, right? Because the day-to-day -day managing of the finances is very, very, very hard. I also had literally zero experience in any of the things needed to do to run the suit. Like we were talking off air about using Canva, even for social media. Like I didn't know how to do that. I never could have made, I didn't know how to send a mass email. I didn't know how to send a mass email. And thank God I had this friend of mine helping me. Um, the one that said, don't call it the other name. <laughs> yeah. She in the beginning was like, oh my God, like she designed the website, my gorgeous website. She did that. Um, she really stepped up. And we also, we have a lot of tech in the studio. We do heart rate monitor training. She upgraded the heart rate monitor software. Without this person, uh, my friend Karen, I would I would not have been able to get it off the ground. And slowly over time, I learned how to take things over. And now I send mass emails and I make Canva and I know how to, like, I didn't know how to make a link for sale, right? Like 10 classes for this amount. Like, I didn't know how to do that, much less get it out to people. So it's been like, there was a serious learning curve of plus teaching my own classes, right? And making new mixes and coming up with new bar moves and managing the staff and managing the employees. And I had an employee from the very beginning that was like really difficult to deal with, no showing all this, right? Like, and I had to let somebody go, which I had never done before, like just crazy, all the things. And then six months into it, we got smacked with COVID. Although in a lot of ways, it really benefited the studio. Um, for one, I was able to learn all that stuff I just told you, right? Like the snowball of the first six months when we were fully open, like I couldn't even catch my breath. And my friend was having you do all that stuff for me still. And she was getting more and more like not wanting to do it. And it was affecting our friendship, you know? So COVID put the brakes on all that. And we, I was able to restructure the schedule because the other thing is when you take over a place that's been open for a while, the members are afraid that you're going to change it. So I really had to keep things the same. I told you they had kind of a, a crazier schedule. I wouldn't have been able to change that schedule without COVID closing us. When we reopened, I redesigned the schedule and nobody was complaining, right? Because we were reopened and they're like, oh, sure, of course you have to limit classes. So like in a lot of ways, there were some benefits. 
And one of them was, I, I got to finally kind of catch my breath and learn how to send emails <laughs> and, you know, make social media and use Canva and, you know, so, I mean, it was a massive undertaking more so than I ever realized, frankly. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I, I want to make sure that we come back to is one of the other things that was born out of COVID was your online platform. But before we get to that, I want to circle back a little bit because you said that you've, you've had to, you know, you had a difficult employee, you had to let somebody go, but managing staff, even in a, in a small studio gym level is usually one of those big surprises besides thing like, all right, I have to hire an accountant and I have to learn tech, but it's hard that you can't really necessarily learn people's skills, right. not to a degree that you can quickly move the needle. So um, as it pertains to, to your background, to maybe having been that unreliable person or having, right. you know, having, you know, probably could have been difficult depending on what stage of life. Do you feel like your background um, has made you more or possibly even excessively empathetic? Is it hard for, or has it made it hard for you to um, not give people too much leeway as a business owner because, you know, you, you know, sometimes you feel like, all right, I was given a shot or someone took a chance on me. Like there's a really fine line between helping someone and hurting your business. And if your business gets hurt, you can't help as much right. as many people. So where does that all come together for you? That's actually a really interesting question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. And, and what was actually happening with that employee was the exact same thing that I was doing. I think there was some substance abuse going on. And so I definitely gave that person way more chances than any other owner in their right mind would have done for sure. That was, that was a learning curve for me. Um, and then I think less because of my, my background with substance use disorder, less because of my addictive history. I think because I was an employee for so long, I was an instructor. I definitely give, it's hard for me to discipline the instructors and I give them way more leeway than I was ever given as an employee. I think I'm probably way too soft, but the upside of that is I've had the same team now. We kind of whittled the staff down to four solid instructors during COVID, and they've been with me now for two and a half years. And I know that that kind of stability in this industry is really rare. So at the same time, I'm... I, I'm it's hard to say that I don't discipline enough because I think that's why they've stayed. But what you just said has been one of the hardest things is for me to manage that fine line between, I also struggle with this. I, I want to be everybody's friend too. And we were friends, right? Because they worked here before. And so it's actually been really tough for me. Like I don't have staff meetings as often as I should because I try to be aware of their time. Um, I don't, that's, that's a great question. Um, and, and that's something that I'm trying to like walk the balance of, right? Like, for example, I, I, you know, like I watched an instructor's class recently on, on demand and there was some stuff that was really, man, like I would never do in a spin class, but I kind of stopped myself because what I always wished owners would do to me is there's such a difference between somebody having an off class and it being a pattern. And you have to discern as the owner, this, this girl is super talented, super creative, super reliable. Am I going to, am I going to jump up her ass about this one class or am I going to step back and say, okay, maybe this was an off night. I'm going to let this go. And, and 
And so I think I have the benefit of having had been an employee for long enough to know, because like I had this, I had an owner, she would take my class. I would miss one beat drop. And after class, I would get a speech. Like I'd never hit a beat drop in my life. And it's like, okay, come on. I obviously miss really, you can't see that I missed that one beat drop. Like I'm never not here. I'm always, you know? So like, I think you kind of have to find that line um, and, and kind of choose your moments to say, Hey, I would love for you to do this differently and say, this is a great girl. I'm going to let this ride, you know, and I'm always kind of trying to find the line there. Yeah, for sure. And I think the big thing there is awareness, right? You can't, you can't work on something and, and I'm sure you know this in many aspects of life until you admit that there's something to work on, right? So, you know, right. all right, Hey, this is something I could be better at. If I let it go completely, it's going to hurt my business. But if I'm aware of it and I know that I'm working towards it yeah, and sit down and come up with, with a system, right? All right. How do I do this? How am I going to think it through the way that you did of like, all right, Hey, my, my initial reaction is, do I need to do something about this? All right. How do I step back? What are other ways I could handle it? What's going to be better for everybody? Yeah. So I think how that I awareness, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the awareness of like, Hey, I'm this person and this is what, what I need to do. How can I zoom out and not just be reactive? How can yeah, I make this exactly. into a plan? So yeah. it doesn't mean that you have to have it perfected right now. It just means you know that it's a thing yeah. and you know, um, amongst you probably have a list of a hundred at right. any given time, if you were to think about it. So it's, Hey, you, you're working on it. And I, yeah. I give you credit for that because it's either that or you stick your head in the sand and pretend right. Right. That staffing isn't, isn't something you have to worry about. So yeah. last thing um, that I want to talk, you know, touch on uh, with the time that we have last left is I always like to find the innovations and the changes and the things that are, were born of COVID, you know, yeah. kind of the silver lining in the COVID cloud. So for you, um, it, it looked like an online platform that you started and then said, Hey, maybe I don't want to get rid of it. So give me, um, you know, a little bit of, you know, we know it was born of COVID, but how did you execute it? And how did you realize that you're going to be able to use it to add value going forward? So it was kind of by accident, like I was telling you. So basically in California, they shut us down. So I refuse, uh, studios in the area were voluntarily closing, um, which I refused to do. I was not going to do that. Um, but I had scheduled Zoom classes during the week because I was aware that some people were no longer comfortable. It was the early days of COVID. Nobody knew what was going on. It was very scary times. So I had set up Zoom during some of our noon classes to begin that Thursday. I still remember this. And on Tuesday, they did a mandate, all gyms are closed. So I didn't have the option anymore. So I already had a Zoom set up that week and my, and my members knew about it. So, and again, that same friend actually was the one that dialed all that in for me without her. I, I, I don't, I mean, I would have figured out Zoom eventually, but like she knew how to schedule things, send the links out. Like that would have been such, you know, a, a, a hurdle for me, but that was already set up. So that was set to begin on a Thursday and we decided to, it was actually a member asked if they could rent a bike. And my first thought was, man, I'm not giving out the bikes. It's our biggest investment. We got $80,000 worth of bikes. You know what I mean? But within a day, I changed my mind and decided to rent out every single bike. We had 34 bikes. My uh, husband got a giant truck and we delivered 34 bikes to people's homes. 
you know, did the Zoom. We had like 35 people on the Zoom because everybody was stuck at home, right? In many ways, the first closure was a lot easier for us because everyone was stuck at home. The second California closure started to suck because in other states, they were able to do whatever they want, right? Like it, it was a bit easier the first time. Um, so we had like a bunch of people on that Zoom and we couldn't figure out how to Zoom audio though for a spin class and spin class is all about the music. So what we did was we started filming spins like two days before, but we had a live link. So the clients thought it was live. So they had a schedule. They signed up online just like they used to. They just didn't choose a bike anymore. So it was like a 7 a.m. class. They got on the bike at home and went to, it wasn't a Zoom link, it was a YouTube link. Um, and then eventually we moved to Vimeo um, and it would take them to a Vimeo link and it would just begin playing as though it was live. Now they all know it's live. So it's not like I'm still tricking my clients. So when they came back, we were like, none of that was live. But we would, the instructors and I would keep it in real time. Like, hey, happy Saturday, even though we were filming on a Thursday. So they felt like it was live. Um, they were still getting class credits. It still counted towards their milestones. We celebrated 100 classes while people were at home. Um, I had somebody hit their thousandth class while they were at home. Um, my 40th birthday actually hit while, during that first closure. And they all surprised me. They had held up signs and sang to me on Zoom before my class. It was like amazing. Um, my, my community really came together during those first three months. But, but so as a result, we had banked all of these classes during that 90 days because we started saving, we had saved the Zooms. So when we reopened, a bunch of people were still, it was not my intention to keep the on-demand, but a bunch of people were still afraid to come in. So kind of out of necessity, I kept doing them. And then we got closed again. And once again, out of necessity, we kept going. And I think at some point, you know, eventually we had like, you know, 300 classes and we started marketing it as its own thing also so it's 49 a month to also subscribe to our on-demand now it's mostly members that take advantage of it i have a few i actually have a, a woman in new zealand who's an on-demand wow. subscriber yeah who used to be a member here and found us again um but now we have over 800 classes on on-demand um, we continue to film classes that we teach live and we send out an email weekly about our on-demand classes. And I'm proud of that library. Like revenue wise, it, you know, it, it saved us during COVID. Now, how much does it add? You know, I don't know. But I'm proud of this bank of classes that we have. And it's really cool. Something that, that did come out of it, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. And it's, it's not something where, you know, you go to your website it's there. It's prominent. It's not an afterthought. It's something where you're like, Hey, we curated this, Yeah. we put it together. So let's, let's add more value to people, whether it's your members or people who right. may find you or, you know, nowadays, especially in California um, and, and some people in some markets, you know, I, I hope that somebody isn't listening to this down the line and there's the, you know, Zeta, beta, whatever variant, but Right. They may be looking for where am I going to join when I feel safe? And it's like, well, they kind of can try it before they, before they buy yeah, it, they totally. can try it, you know, at home totally. and then be like, oh, well, this is, I, I like these people. Right. They, they know your trainers. There's a lot of different ways right. where there's value in that. So I think the, the big thing is like, you got to just going, all right, we're back. That's it. Yeah. We're here. But you 
you already have it, right? Yep. So might as, yep. might as well use it, yep. use the platform, right? So, so super cool yep. there. All right, we are just about officially out of time. So last thing that I wanna ask you before I let you go is, um, you know, you've been in this thing a, f- a few years now, probably feels like 30 years because, of, you know, COVID years plus gym years is about 20X. But um, if there's anything that you could go back and, and tell yourself, if there's any big, you know, over, you know, overarching lesson that you've learned or something you feel like you'd want to share with our listeners that you think um, would be the most beneficial, is there anything that stands out? If I could go back to me standing here the first few days with no idea how to do anything, um, I would probably say, like, if it was future me, I'd be like, don't freak out. Don't panic. You will figure this out and try to emit a positive energy day to day. Like, don't let the staff and the clients see how much you're panicking. Be calm, have faith. Um, we're two and a half years in and look, we're still open. Be cool. It's going to work out. And um, just try to be calm and, and do your best to hold that positive energy in front of people too. Because I think in the beginning, it let me, it, it got a hold of me sometimes and I would just start bitching to one of the girls, you know, freaking out. And that's not cool, you know. And my husband at one point was like, listen, people need to feel like they're on a winning team, Okay. Like, and, and I thought that, and that was a great way to say it to me. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And so I, I would maybe go back and say, don't freak out um, and do your best to present positivity. I still need to work on that to present positivity, especially to your staff early on. Awesome. Well, I don't think we're going to be able to top that. And even if we could, we really don't have the time to, but maybe we'll get you back on and dig into some of these other things. Uh, but for now, we are out of time. I thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. Um, I hope that that California uh, lightens up a little bit, loosens things up a little bit, and you you know you can you can stay open, keep growing, keep doing your thing out there because it sounds like you get your heart and soul into it and we want to see you win. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You are very welcome. And as always, to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. And if you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Jamie Hyman of B3 Bootcamp down in Orlando, Florida. Jamie, what's going on? How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you, Joe. Okay, very good. Well, Jamie, B3 Bootcamp, I'm, uh, this is an interesting business, and I'm excited to, to dive in. I want to hear about all things going on at B3, but before we do that, why don't you give us a little bit of context as far as when you started the gym, how, and, and why? How and when and why. All right, so uh, let's start with when. That was two years ago. Um, so coming up in March, it'll be two years for us. Um, how, I, I think it just kind of stumbled onto it. The why is, I'm sure it's very familiar with a lot of people. Um, obviously I have a huge passion. I've been in this industry most of my entire adult life. Um, I've worked for probably every big box gym out there as an aerobic fitness instructor. I've been a, a group fitness coordinator for some of the big box gyms. I've always enjoyed it. I've just enjoyed it. I love movement. I love music. I love energy and I love giving it to people. Um, so I, it's always been in my blood to do it. Never gave it a thought once that I wanted to own my own place because again, I've always been in big box gyms and I've never had any, any, plan to run a, a big box gym. Just enjoy being part of it. Um, but I, I noticed what was happening as a fitness aerobic instructor. Um, my classes are always big. I, they range between 30 to 50 people. Uh, and when you're doing that, you really don't have the time or energy to be able to single out people and help them with their form. You don't have time to help them correct or give them modifications or challenges. And so everything had to be just, just middle midstream, make it easy, make it challenging for everyone, for the general public. And I just never felt I could customize things. And personal training wasn't something I was interested in either. I really liked that group energy. So um, I just had a hard time with it. I, I, I started struggling with not being able to help people the way I really wanted to. Um, but it was what it was. And I got tired of doing group classes for myself. I couldn't go into a gym and just work out anymore because everybody knew me from the classes. So I found a little gym uh, from a friend of mine said, come with me. It's just a little boot camp. It'll be fun. It's a small thing. Nobody will know you. You can actually get a workout in. And go it was in fabulous. In I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I was able to go in. Nobody knew me. I could burn more than 200 calories and get a sweat on because I wasn't having to stop and say hello to everyone all the time. So, um, I enjoyed it for me, just a little me. And then I would go back to my big box classes and do my work. And then anyway, so we did this for, about six months and um what the owner of the small gym says why are you teaching there and not here and i'm like well that was the whole point of me coming <laughs> I don't um, so before you know it you know i was teaching at that place too that's just my nature and i just start loving that format a lot more than i love the big box um okay. it, that's just really how it, it it really started revolving i mean involving they get to know that kind of layout and you become 
you become more of a community, I think, because you get to know your people. So uh, long story short, we became very close with the owner and he was looking to open up another location. And we started really opening our eyes to the idea of owning something like that, me and my husband. And um, we spent six months in negotiations trying to make it happen. And the closer we became, we got to um, signing a contract and making this the second location, uh, things start falling apart with him. Um, the deal got a little more, I don't want to say shady, it's probably not the right words to use. Just our negotiations didn't make any sense anymore. Nothing that he was saying was what we agreed upon. And we just had a really bad feeling about it. And we had to make a choice. My husband and I had to make a choice to pull out or just to override our gut feeling and trust that it'll be okay. Well, we went with our gut feeling and we pulled out, but we still had the option of um, taking over a location, um, but no branding. We weren't gonna buy into his license or anything like that. Right. We just had the option of buying a location and equipment, but we would have to brand, obviously. So we sat on it for two days straight thinking, oh, is this the best thing or should we just pull out completely? And we just said, we're gonna go for it. So we spent 48 hours without sleeping and we created the brand that we always knew I think was actually part of us and we just never realized yeah. it was part of us and that That's was when all great. the best decisions happen it does and you know it's funny i can look at it now in hindsight and say that's exactly what was supposed to happen that was our roadmap but when you're in the thick of it you don't see that you you just don't see it it's so overwhelming right. you, we don't sleep right. we a million things go through your head am i right am i wrong is this silly are we going to be you question yourself you just so much self-doubt so we did it and uh, there was a few coaches that wanted to stay with who wanted to come with us and I didn't want to step on toes I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings I didn't want it to be a bad thing between us and the other person um, so we separated the way we needed to I think he knew where he went wrong and he had to take a step back because he could have been legally in trouble and so he knew we had to take a step back which was probably the best thing for all of us because we left on the decent terms right. um so the coaches some of the coaches came with us and yeah. we closed the gym down on a friday and we had to be a whole new gym by monday so we went in there and created Where's a brand. Our coffee pot <laughs> that's right that was a big coffee pot that's right i can imagine and and i say it's funny because one of the mentors that i have in this industry always says all it takes to start your own business is a crappy boss in a coffee pot and that's and funny. that sounds like that is that sounds like exactly point. how we got here <laughs> yeah you know and I, and it's it's funny because I listen to some people's ghost stories like this is how we started and it's so inspirational and so beautiful and ours is actually no we had a shady deal and we had to go with our gut feeling because I feel so negative by saying what happened but what I've learned is it's going to happen to a lot of people and that it, it, not every story is going to be beautiful case. and inspirational. <laughs> yeah. The, so uh, that was our the story. Best, it's not a fun story but it plans. is ours. <laughs> Yeah, the best laid plans, if you will. And so here we are under your own branding, your own right. business. We don't have to report to any kind of partners. You get right. to call the shots. Tell yeah. us a little bit about B3 as it exists now. We understand that yeah. 
the, the main service of this is yeah. the group class model boot camps that you have come to, to really know and love. Tell us a little bit about the, the numbers, right? We've been around for two years. We survived, if we can say that, the last 18 months or so of, of restrictions and, and mask mandates and whatever else comes with that. Tell us about how many people you serve and what do they typically pay? Okay, fair enough. Um, so when we took the gym, the numbers were already extremely low. So it wasn't, yes, the pandemic obviously hurt us, but we were already walking into something that had very small numbers to start with. So we knew we were gonna have to basically start some, some from ground up anyways. So we didn't come from a huge database and then the pandemic killed us. Um, it just killed the momentum for a half a second, really. But, um, yeah, so we were open for two weeks and then we got closed down, which was a huge blessing in disguise because it gave me the opportunity to take a step back and figure out exactly who we are, what we're doing and what our main purpose is. I think you get jumped, you, you fall into something and there's just so many things to think about. You can't sit and just, you know, absorb what it is that you're trying to do. So that was nice. Um, we have built it back up little by little. I feel like it's uh, sometimes one step forward, two back, especially with the pandemic. But we serve about 45 to 65 members right now. We have three membership programs, one being an unlimited. So that's the, that's the number I always can count on when someone says, how many members do you have? Because um, those are the ones that are in my database all the time. When you're on a four pack or an eight pack, you have 30 days to use a pack. And it's up to you to renew if you want to renew it. So I don't really count those, although probably I have 20 to 25 members who do that um, constantly. They just go by the packs. Um, our price range is between um, $59 for a four pack. And then it goes to our unlimited, which is 119 right now. We had to bump it up because of the inflation, trying to keep up with everybody else, trying to keep up and still be profitable, but yet not crazy for our members. So that's a, that's a fine line. Yeah. That's that, fine and line. that's was sort of going to be my next question here is even 119 unlimited is a bit below what industry average would suggest right. in this sort of model. And it sounds like you guys have had to, increase just to keep up with costs and inflation is 119 what you're going to stick with or have you kicked around even going beyond that so 119 is where we are right now we were 109 just a month ago uh, so we were um the the, the, and the the problem we had i shouldn't say it's not really a problem but the the biggest thing that we had going on in our community is we have a big box gym literally on the next corner that has a very low price. You can't beat big, you can't compete with big box gyms, but you, you know, it takes the member to walk into your gym to realize the value of what you're doing versus what like the big gyms don't have to offer. So, but I have to get them to that point too. So once they walk in our door, they're ours, but it's getting them in the door. Uh, we have two very big gym franchises that are very close to us. So we, not that we're competing with them and what we do, but it is hard when people just look at prices 
And then when we did have the uh, pandemic, you know, we had another franchise that did solely outside workouts, which was awesome for everyone. Um, and that was a very nominal fee to be able to do that. Um, so we were kind of competing with that a little bit because nobody wanted to step back into a gym. So now that we are really starting to phase out of this pandemic some, and we're trying to all get back to our normal life, I do feel like it's giving us a little more confidence to be able to set prices a little higher um, than where we have been. But I don't want to make it so steep to our members who I don't who are grandfathered in right now. I want to do it slowly but surely. If that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so Jamie on the the front of this being a business, right? Growing can only come in a number of ways, and it's either more people or more money from the people we have, or keeping those people buying more or more for longer. Right. Talk to us a little bit about that first option, right? Getting more people in. Have you? Do you guys have any kind of? membership target or or hypothetical cap of hey we can handle x amount of people on our membership yeah we always want to grow 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 but do you have the means to grow 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 so i think everything happens for a reason our growth is slow and steady but it's stable and we are a small location right now um the, the our lease is up in about six months so we're actually looking to buy commercial real estate we're, out, we're looking to buy something that's ours, obviously, but as uh, at least double. So right now we're in about 1,100 square feet. Um, we're looking for something between three to 3,500 square feet, which will allow us to grow. I think the biggest sure. problem we have with wanting to grow too much right now is obviously the space. Um, we max out at 12 people per class. And the other problem uh, we okay, run into, it's a small gym. And the other person thing we run into is if group classes are at peak hours, how are my trainers going to get in there and train? Because everyone needs peak hours. So I can't have a trainer in their training while I'm having group classes or vice versa. So it's hard to sell it to trainers too, to come in so I can have passive revenue coming in from them because I don't have this time slots for them either. So we're kind of banging our head against the wall, literally trying to figure out how to utilize this space as much as possible. Um, so you're almost scared to grow too much right now because I wouldn't even know what to do with the people if I had them. Are your classes like capped out with waiting lists? So no, we're not there. You know, I went through this, I went through this long phase of thinking, we have to cap out all our classes before we think we can move into a bigger space. But then I think it just dawned after talking to my husband over and over about it, it just hit us. We don't have it to offer. So why am I waiting for these classes to cap out? Why don't I just grow this space so we can market in different ways? So when they're in there, they don't feel so tight and claustrophobic and they have the space and might, that might actually bring in different ways of revenue too. So our classes, it can, literally our classes can range from two members to like today, my, I maxed out. They, they're just, they're fickle. They're very fickle depending on the day, if the sun's shining, uh, you know, so it's hard to say. Sure, to sure, 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 sure. If it's okay. below and 70 so, in here in Florida, nobody goes to the gym. They're too cold. <laughs> yeah. From, and so from my understanding, 
we were limited in capacity just based on spacing, uh-huh. but do have some kind of wiggle room in there in terms of probably time slots, in terms of day-to-day class availability. And so we could grow slightly. And yes. to your point, we're looking to get into a bigger building down the line. Yes. And how? Yeah, I, I find right. for us, we are, even though Orlando is a big city for the most part, um, we are a small community. And I think word of mouth has been the best thing we could have done. When we went through being closed um, through the pandemic and then even reopening, we went through a lot of ways to mark. We, we did flyers, we did Google ads, we did Facebook ads, we did referrals, we did this. We, we tried a little bit of everything and I, I'll keep trying everything. I don't think just one time you're gonna get an idea if it works or not. Um, but I find the word of mouth and, you know, our friend, the friend referral program that we do, um, I, we have a program where if you bring a friend and they sign up, whatever program they sign up on, you get half of what they pay for that first month off of yours the next month. Um, so we do all these little incentives. We're going to do another incentive coming up as well. I find that's the best way for us. Um, I'm not closed minded to any way to market. It's just kind yeah. of always feeling out how how it is because it changes every day. Yeah, well, that's that's really the the reality of it. And the landscape of fitness is that marketing typically lends itself to being more of a toolbox of using many different strategies yes. than one yes. singular tool. Uh, and so, for you guys, you have incentivized referrals and, and this word of mouth strategy, and that's gone well for you. And, and you've sort of supplemented that with other things that whether successful or not, yeah. we've come back to this referral strategy as kind of our mainstay. Is that, yeah. is that about right? That is right. I mean, we, every day we try to grow, but if we're not growing the number, the numbers per se, what other services can we offer our members that obviously help us but it actually makes us look like we have more service towards them like we just started i just designed this eight-week nutrition program that's all online um and it's i have quite a few people even outside of the gym on this program which blew me away that it took off so quickly and it's been a phenomenal program um learning about nutrition and macros and you know your your calorie intakes and just about everything about your nutrition and your health so that was, that's been great. Uh, we have the kids programs, um, the, you know, our community is predominantly young families. So we have so many young children. So that's been so fun. That's been so fun. We do yep. so many kid activities. Um, we have parents night out where they drop the children off and we do a, a B3 kid boot camp, and we, you know, we'll make cookies or really like have a whole night, like where the parents can be gone and I have the kids. And so it's been a really great way to not only use the resources that we have for extra income, but actually make our community tighter. Yeah, and and I and for to look at it from a business lens, right? If we can increase the average revenue that we're collecting per member yes. through the things like nutrition coaching, maybe supplements, maybe increased personal training or, or a semi-private of sorts, if you will, without necessarily needing to 
double our membership price we're exactly. knowing that we're we're serving our members at a higher level and the business is growing because revenue and profitability are are trending up that's when things really start to get fun because business owners never more so than in the last 18 months have found that maybe we don't need 400 500 members maybe we exactly. can do well with our community that we have and, and serve them even greater than we already do. And you yeah. and I have been around the industry long enough to know that fitness and fitness alone doesn't do it for people. Right. They can come to workouts after workouts after workouts, but if they are attempting to outpace a, a crappy diet, it's it's not gonna really do it. And so we need That's these exactly other right. layers in there of yeah. nutrition education, of some form of accountability and if they can get all of that from a trusted source in this situation you guys right we're gonna get even better results for them in the long run and so everybody wins yeah. this is a win-win it is a win-win and for the client Joe, you couldn't have, I couldn't have said that any better. That's exactly right. I mean, yes, you always want to grow number wise. I mean who who doesn't? But I do think there's a reason why it's slow and steady. If I had too rapid growth, I, it, I, and it's like I say it in all our classes, I, I, it's quality versus quantity. So if I can give quality to my members in every single aspect of their life, the quantity will find its way. Agreed, wholeheartedly agreed. And, yep. and so Jamie, paint us a picture of the future. Where mm -hmm. are you headed with this business? What's the big vision? big vision well you know before i did this before i owned the gym um i had a small meal prep company so meal prepping has always been a that's like my huge passion nutrition is my big passion as well as you know just teaching classes as well so obviously i couldn't do both right off the bat i got too many things going on i have to pick and choose so I closed that down to, to start the gym. And what I've noticed with like our members is, like you said, you can't out-exercise a diet. So when I have these amazing members coming three, four times a week, and they just are so frustrated um, that they're not losing the body fat that they think they're going to lose because they're doing this great workout, um, I knew that there was a, a hole in our system. Uh, like you said, you can get a great workout anywhere. You can go online, you can go on YouTube and get a workout, but they need to tap into a little bit more with who they are. So when I think our future, I think of an all-inclusive service where when they, they come into their gym, they have access to obviously a, these programs that are designed wrapped around their nutrition, not nutrition in general, but their nutrition. That's a big difference. And um, I even see a small side meal prepping um, space available as well that they can pick up supplements, they can pick up their yeah. protein shakes, they can pick up their, their meals, like their you know, individually meal meals. I couldn't do it, but I would love to hire that out. I see a bigger gym. I want to have more functional training available. Right now, all our functional training equipment like tires and sleds is on a trailer that my husband brings up with the truck when we do that on Saturdays because I don't have the space to store it. So I want a functional training gym that's large. My trainers can train while we have group classes. I want a space where um, I, I can always train our kids after school. I just want to have the space. So I see us with a very large space to be able 
to de design it around their nutrition and their training, as well as a community base for the whole family. Yeah. Well, Jamie, I think that's, that's really the ideal, right? It sounds like mm -hmm. you guys are taking steps one at a time to move towards that. And so to have that big picture vision really makes it easier for operations today. Oh, How are we 100%. moving towards that? What are we doing to, to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable to doing right. these things? And, and it's, it's an exciting venture and, and I have no doubt that you'll get there. Now, as we run a little bit shy on time here and, mm -hmm. and begin to wrap things up, where can people find out a little bit more about B3? Well, we have, um, we have great marketing. I have a wonderful social marketer and our website's designed um, with, uh, she does a great job with everything she does. Um, so she's designed our website and you can find us on Instagram. Now we are B3 Bootcamp, but we go by B3 Orlando on our social media pages. So Instagram and Facebook. And then our website is uh, B3Orlando.com. Um, you can also, B3 stands for build, burn, and balance, because I feel like you got to have strength training, you got to keep your cardiovascular good, and you got to balance your life. So um, you can find us even through build, burn, and balance, we pop up. So that's where you can find us. Or you can just come down to Orlando and come visit us. Or, or just take a <laughs> short Get out of the cold, on, the real cold. Depending on where in the world you are. Anyway, yeah. Jamie, it's been a bunch of fun to host this conversation. I always love to see how business owners' brains tick and, and what makes them drive to, to show up day after day. I really appreciate your time here and, and I wish you nothing but the best going forwards. Thank you, Joe. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And so to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Mords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.